Hey there, podcast listeners. This is Charles Chandler. We're up to episode number 49 this week. It's going to be about shared value. Michael Porter's idea about how to reinvent capitalism. It's actually a repeat of an episode I did back in June of 2016. Enjoy. Welcome to the Age of Organizational Effectiveness. This is a podcast that explores stories about organizations and their performance. I'm your host, Charles Chandler. Today, we're focusing on episode number 19 in our podcast series. Uh, This one, we're going to look at shared value, which is an idea that Michael Porter um, put forth in a 2011 article in the Harvard Business Review. Uh, We're going to take a look and see if it actually uh, does what it uh, promises to do. So I think you'll find it uh, kind of an interesting um, exploration of the subject. Michael Porter starts off saying that capitalism is under siege and that business has been viewed as a major cause of social, environmental, and economic problems. Now, of course, the CSR, or the Corporate Social Responsibility Move, Uh, which um, had gained some traction over the past couple of decades. The more that business got into that, uh, it seemed to be that the more business was actually blamed for society's failures. And CSR was really more about redistributing some of the value that business had already created to nonprofits and, and others through efforts at philanthropy. Uh, So, Corporate social responsibility uh, is, is, is not the same as shared value, certainly. Companies uh, have been trapped in an outdated approach to value creation, Porter says, and they've been optimizing short-term financial performance in a bubble while missing the most important customer needs. Companies must take the lead to bring business and society back together. So he's putting forth this idea of shared value and shared value creation. Um, The basic idea is that um, economic value would be created in a way that also includes value for society. So it's social value along with economic value. Porter claims that this is not on the margin, but it's at the center of what companies do. So it's, it's about reconceiving the intersection between society and corporate performance. Some companies have already embraced it, he says, including GE, Google, IBM, Intel, Johnson & Johnson, Nestle, Unilever, and Walmart. Uh, We're going to get into one or more examples here after a bit, but uh, let's take a look and and flesh out the idea of shared value before we get there. Porter says that the the true purpose of the corporation is really to create shared value, and not just profit per se. And he views shared value as uh, the best chance to legitimize business again. So it's about policies and operating practices that enhance company competitiveness while also advancing the economic and social conditions in the communities in which it operates. It's about identifying and expanding the connection between society and economic progress. Uh, This all sounds interesting and uh, possibly hopeful, Shared value is, is uh, described as the right kind of profits. And um, 
a broader conceptualization of Adam Smith's invisible hand, uh, which opens up the doors of the pen factory to a wider set of influences. And it's a chance for businesses to earn back the respect of society. So we're going to try to look in some detail at exactly what this is all about. Fortunately, a recent paper has appeared that Michael Porter was the co-author of, and it's called Measuring Shared Value. It tries to actually describe exactly how you would do this. In this new paper, he focuses on a tool for measurement because he says what we need is a a measurement framework that focuses on the interaction between business and social results in order to drive shared value in practice. But he cautions that companies currently lack the data that they need to optimize the results of shared value initiatives. The starting point for shared value initiatives, according to Porter, is basically a shared value strategy. Now, this is not surprising, I guess, because Michael Porter is one of the foremost authorities on strategy, business strategy, and he was the the author of the Five Forces um, strategy uh, idea. But what he says in this new paper is that measurements, measurement makes shared value tangible for investors. And he said there are three approaches to shared value. And these three approaches actually were mentioned in the original uh, Harvard Business Review article. Uh, the first one is reconceiving products and markets. The basic idea there is to focus on revenue growth, market share, profitability, and so on that arises from environmental, social, or economic development benefits from products and services. So it's about figuring out ways that your products and services can serve a wider audience within your environment in order to grow revenue and perhaps market share and generate uh, some shared value in the process. In the second uh, approach to shared value, it's about redefining productivity in the value chain. And here uh, we're talking about improvements in internal operations that improve cost or input access or quality and productivity achieved through environmental improvements. This could include things like better resource utilization, investment in employees, and investments in supplier capabilities. The third approach to shared value creation is enabling cluster development, he says, and that focuses on improving the external environment through community investments, uh, local suppliers, and uh, local infrastructure. So we're going to look at some, some ways that this has been actually done in some companies. Uh, he says there's a four-step a four process here. The first one is on the strategy side to identify the social issues that uh, you'd like to focus on if you're a business. If you, if you look around um, your environment, uh, what are the key social issues that you might have an opportunity to address? And the second uh, step is to identify a business case um, that would um, both generate economic value for the company as well as social value for the society at large. And step three is tracking progress uh, after after I'm I'm assuming that a a go or no-go decision has been made and and you've decided in the affirmative to go ahead. Uh, You want to track the progress in step three. Step four is about measuring results and adjusting 
the approach uh, to make it better for the next round. And then you come back uh, on the next round to refund the social issues that uh, perhaps you started off with initially. So if we look at Coca-Cola and how they've uh, implemented this in Brazil, uh, they identified the social issue as being unemployed youth, even though the education system did a pretty good job of, of educating youth. Many of them were unable to find employment. And so Coca-Cola decided to invest in training the youth in entrepreneurial and retailing activities. So they received two months of intensive training in retailing and business development and entrepreneurship. And then they're paired up with a local retailer, presumably uh, a retailer that's selling uh, Coca-Cola products. And here uh, they're, they're looking at addressing the lower middle class segment. So over the last few years, they've um, developed uh, 135 what they call collectibos, and each one of these has about 500 students each. Uh, they've grown this somewhat, and, and um, I think the most recent uh, year they were talking about was 2012, uh, and they expected to have 170 collectibos by then. And the basic idea was to have youth job placement to improve youth self-esteem, also to in, in increase company sales and brand connection. And they were estimating that uh, a profit on these activities would be made within two years. Uh, originally, they started off focusing on the technical st- skills for the youth, uh, but they found that um, uh, many of them had low self-esteem, so they later concentrated on more of the soft skills involving leadership and presence uh, as, a, as a retailer and as a entrepreneur. Uh, they took on a local NGO as a partner in this effort. Uh, several million dollars were invested. Uh, they also invested in the NGO to improve their management and their leadership um, and help them to find uh, uh, sustainable sources of funding outside of this initiative. So this was viewed as a, as a successful implementation of shared value. Another example of shared value, uh, which was provided in the publication about measuring shared value, is the one of Novo Nordisk, uh, which is the diabetes control company that um, um, has a large portion of the world market for insulin and, and other procedures for dealing with diabetes. Uh, the, the problem that they identified was that urban populations in China were increasingly prone to diabetes. In 2010, there were 40 million cases of type 2 diabetes in China, and it was expected to double uh, within the next 15 years or by 2025. Um, the basic intervention strategy was to improve the health system, to help, uh, help improving the government health care system, and diabetes care in China. So basically wanted to invest in physician training as well as patient education and local production of their their intervention they're going to be using. Uh, actually, they started on this two decades ago, and so they've been at it for a while. And what they found was um, they've been able to improve the company's bottom line and improve the lives of millions of Chinese I think only in the last year or so they had a diabetes screening 100-city tour where they screened 60,000 patients 
for um, diabetes, and there were free education sessions that went with that. Um, so they, they keep track of the number of physicians trained and, of course, the number of, of patients. They've seen significant improvement in diabetes control, and their market share has gone from 40% to 63% in the second largest insulin market. They found that uh, it's, it's more effective to train physicians in second and third tier cities rather than in the first tier cities. Uh, another example was Intel's education transformation strategy. The problem they identified was improving student outcomes and sales of classroom technology. And their basic idea was to integrate technology into a holistic training philosophy for education. Only 5% of students have access to a PC or to the internet at school, according to their data. And teachers lack professional development and curriculum assessment approaches to integrate technology into the classroom. So they invented a program called Intel Teach, which trained 13 million teachers worldwide. And they partnered with several developing countries to provide kind of a one-stop solution for teaching and uh, providing technology in the classroom. So they were looking at um, how well the thing worked out and particularly things like ruggedness of the equipment, uh, its water resistance, its battery life, how well the teachers engaged with it and the students as well. There was sort of a virtuous cycle, apparently, that they were able to demonstrate throughout this and uh, additional sales were the result as well as the market share increase and, of course, um, improved educational outcomes. Another example was Nestle, uh, who was having difficulty getting high-quality raw materials for many of its agricultural products. So it decided to train and assist smallholder farmers in rural areas of India, uh, and they'd been at this since 1961. They first had their first milk district in, in that year. So what they've concentrated on in the milk production side, at least, was uh, giving agricultural advice to 110,000 farmers, as well as veterinary services. And in Rajasthan alone, they worked with 8,000 farmers. So given these examples, uh, how does shared value differ um, and, and overlap with existing practices? Apparently, there's a good deal of difficulty in doing the measurement side of things. Uh, there are existing social performance measurement practices that cover sustainability and social and economic value, as well as development impact, reputation, and compliance. Shared value measurement focuses on measuring how social outcomes directly drive tangible business value creation. But apparently current management practices are insufficient to inform shared value strategies. So it's, it's difficult um, to find the connection between the, the uh, business and the social values uh, that promises to shift the fundamental connection between business and social progress. Investors particularly remain skeptical about the connection between a company's performance on social issues and the creation of economic value. There is really no conclusive evidence so far that seems convincing. 
especially things like identifying causality has been a challenge. Shared value measurement looks at the actual economic value accrued to the business from improving social outcomes without estimating the value of the social change. But whether or not this uh, actually, the shared value initiative actually lives up to its billing, I think that's a little problematic. It seems that the way that it's set up right now and conceptualized, shared value uh, really focuses on the interface between, let's say, how business and nonprofits could work together in a joint initiative, which had uh, joint objectives and goals, and they each um, contribute something to it. But economic benefits and social benefits were being generated beyond those that would, would normally be found. Let's see if we can summarize our discussion today about shared value and whether or not it reinvents capitalism. Uh, Steve Denning, writing in Forbes uh, in a recent article, well, not that recent, I guess it was back in 2012, makes some points about shared value, and he sees some welcome aspects to it uh, because it expands the view of a firm in which it is solely focused on making money for itself from its traditional customers and products and services. Uh, without regard to society's interests. So, in a sense, shared value expands that view of the world. Uh, and it says that what's good for society can also be good for business. And business has missed some profit opportunities that would benefit society. So, it encourages you to look more broadly in your environment uh, to see how some of your non-customers essentially could be uh, served in new ways, or perhaps uh, areas within your, your value chain, things like uh, environmental costs and energy costs, packaging costs can be reduced, um, which would not only save money for the, your firm, but would benefit society as well. But what shared value doesn't, what shared value doesn't do uh, according to Denning, and, and I agree with this, it doesn't abandon conventional financial analysis for evaluating investments. So um, these new opportunities that are found are still subjected to ROI types of analyses. Uh, and I guess Denning's point is that um, because it's they are subject to financial analysis, the regular traditional financial analysis, they're unlikely to be able to shield firms from the kind of disruptive innovation uh, that has been uh, crippling in the past. Shared value is about pursuing profit in new ways, but it's still about pursuing profit. And in a sense, it's still a form of traditional management. It still uses the goal model, for instance, for effectiveness, uh, where uh, an organization is effective to the extent that it achieves its goals, and those goals are uh, focused on the profit motive. So the entire narrative about capitalism and uh, shared values contribution to that doesn't change a lot uh, just with the addition of shared value. We're still in the old traditional ways, but we are looking for new ways to serve uh, people that haven't been served and to do different things that not only good for society, but it's good for business as well. So we're going to wrap it up uh, here for this week. Thanks for joining us. 
Join us again next week when we'll again look at stories about organizations and their performance. So long for now.